0: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Podcast with Statsman and AJ. That's RotorWire's hockey podcast show. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno. You can follow me at Statsman22, and my partner on these pods, as always, is AJ Scholes, and you can follow him at AJ shoals 24 I have to begin this show with an unplanned tribute uh, to Roy Halladay, the greatest pitcher I ever saw, uh, AJ. As our listeners undoubtedly have heard by now, this multiple-time All-Star lost his life on Tuesday in a tragic plane crash. Again, as loyal listeners may recall, I have been a scorekeeper at Blue Jays' games since 1992, so I believe I can safely say that I worked more of his home starts than just about anybody. I looked forward to them, AJ, because uh, he was all business and worked quickly and efficiently. History will show that he was the last of a breed uh, that no longer exists in major leagues, completing a higher percentage of his starts than any other starting pitcher during his 16-year career. And his backstory is a compelling one. So he never, ever did want it to be told about him. In fact, I made a pitch to the Blue Jays that I'd like to write his bio, but it was rejected because he said it wasn't really his story. It was a pitching coach who recommended that he go down to eight ball and rebuild himself, and that's exactly what he did. But uh, Roy Halladay was an icon in the Toronto sports scene for his 12 years with the Blue Jays, and I thank him for the memories of his career. My sincere condolences go out to his wife and two boys on today's podcast we're going to talk about the fifth week of the national hockey league season and a number of injuries have impacted uh, rosters across the league we're going to identify the most added most dropped players as well as identifying new opportunities we didn't record yesterday as uh, i bent to my partner's schedule so let's ask him uh, aj what were you up to yesterday
0: well, uh, we're down in Florida, uh, originally for a marathon I was going to run, uh, but that race unfortunately got canceled. Uh, so instead it just became an awesome weekend vacation, uh, for Sydney, my daughter to see her grandma. Uh, she got to experience sand and the ocean for the first time, which was really amazing to watch. Uh, a six-month-year-old surprisingly will put a lot of sand in uh, their mouth if you let them. Oh,
1: no. <laughs>
0: uh, the the adults on the flip side uh, did some beer sampling at a bacon and beer fest. Uh, so good times were had by all. Uh, so I do apologize that we weren't on yesterday, but we're back today. Uh, hopefully you'll spot us the day uh, day shift, but we'll be back to Tuesday starting next week. Uh, before we pick off, uh, kick off the rest of the show, just remind our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, you can tweet at us and we'll try and answer your questions uh, either during uh, one of our shows or throughout the week. Uh, as Paul mentioned, you can follow me at Scholes 24 You can follow Paul, the statsman, at Statsman22.
1: All right, AJ, let's go through uh, and do our sweep of the 31 teams, picking up some notes on the players that we observed over the last seven or eight days. Beginning with Anaheim, as always, the Ducks' uh, scoring limitations have been well documented, documented in this corner, but one guy who's taken advantage of the current opportunities with injuries and whatnot is Derek Grant a guy who's been a fringe player for over five years to start his career. He's on his fifth team now and has, now is finally earning second-line minutes while tallying eight points in 14 games. He should hold on to a top-six role, maybe on a wing even, when Getzlaff returns, in my opinion, AJ.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a, a possibility that he could hold on to that spot. He'll have to keep performing well because, uh, obviously, Getzlaff will be, uh, you know, clearing out some space and, and taking, uh, you know, that spot per, but I like the call of maybe moving them over to the wing. Maybe uh, Andrew Cogliano goes down uh, to a bottom six role. Uh, as far as some other guys that are finally starting to chip in, Sammy Votnin got a goal in last night's contest. So he's on the scoreboard uh, after missing much of the first uh, month of the season. So they're starting to get some pieces back together. Now they still have Cam Fowler out. Uh, so that defense is still relying on some guys that maybe at the start of the season we didn't think would be there. Uh, but they hopefully will get him back uh, at some point here, and then they'll all kind of start to gel. Uh, and I expect uh, the the team to be on an upswing uh, more than a downswing heading into the, the next month of the season.
1: Well, one team that started on a downswing has kind of upticked a little bit, but they're still at the bottom of the league standings pretty much, and that's the Arizona Coyotes. Anti-Ranta is back in the lineup. That's good news for them because they got their starting goalie back, but they're last in the league in goals against average. That has to improve. One guy who's doing his part amid all this rubble is defenseman Jason Demers. He's distinguished himself here, AJ, more than I thought he would. He's picked up eight points and is playing almost 23 minutes a game. He's also among the team leaders in hits and block shots, so uh, don't, I don't blame him for the mess that's going on with the Arizona start. He's probably their uh, one unexpected shining light here.
0: Well, and you can't blame Clayton Keller for it either. I <laughs> mean, he's been their only offensive production. Uh, he's got uh, 11 goals uh, to start the season here. That's fourth best uh, in the league. Uh, behind just a couple of guys whose names you may have heard of, Nikita Khrushchev, Alex Ovechkin, and John Tavares. Then it's Clayton Keller, just ahead of Austin Matthews. Uh, So he's definitely pulling his weight as well. And I I think this team has some serious question marks, as you mentioned. Jason Demers is getting forced into this because uh, Jaromarsson's injured. Jakob Chircheren has been out all season long. Uh, But there just is not, uh, in my opinion, enough talent. Outside of a handful of guys, uh, the Derek Stepan move doesn't seem to be paying off quite like they were hoping. Uh, he's pointless in, in eight straight games, uh, so clearly that's a guy not holding up his end. So, uh, you know, some guys that they thought would contribute aren't, and some untested guys just haven't stepped up. Over
1: in Boston, they're surviving on the strength of some excellent special teams work and a staunch defensive posture. That's led them to a recent 5 2 and 3 streak. They're in the top five in the league in, in penalty killing and power play as a team. Six veterans are currently listed on the DL, so, all this stuff. In, the, in spite of the deep injury list, really is uh, kudos to the guys that are playing. I have to think that catches up to them soon, though, AJ. However, one guy to watch here might be Jordan Swartz, a seven-year pro who finally figured out his offensive game when he broke out with a 54 points in 65 games last year in Providence. He's up with a big club now, has two, go- two assists in three games played with the Bees since his recent call-up, and should get a little bit more of an extended look given the size of the uh, injury board.
0: Well, one guy that did get opportunities with all those injuries uh, that a lot of people may have jumped on is Danton Heinen. He had those two goals uh, when he after that call up, but since then, just two points in the last uh, five games, both of those assists. And so, this is a, a kind of good indication of you know maybe don't jump on some of these young guys immediately when they have one breakout game. Uh, they're not all going to continue to to thrive at that level. You know, once other teams kind of figure out what they can offer. And so I think with his production dropping off, you've, you're seeing him in a bottom four role. uh, And I do agree, Paul, I think they're just getting way too stretched uh, on the forward side. Uh, Krug uh, on the flip side has continued to support this blue line uh, with, you know, six points in the last four games. Uh, He's contributing really well. So uh, there's good news, bad news in Boston. I think they'll hold out until they can get healthy. Hopefully that'll help them uh, climb out of that fifth place spot in the Atlantic division.
1: Yeah, one guy, while well, I think of it before we move on to the next club, uh, is Brandon Carlo there. I'm expecting more from this kid. Uh, he's got to play with Zdeno Chara since he's been a pro, and uh, they're almost a similar stature. He's, an, uh, he's, he's another big guy back there on the blue line. Had a great start to his his career last year, but kind of been under the radar this year. And I'm almost ready to punt on this kid uh, after I stashed him over the offseason. Uh, I wonder whether we've seen the best of him or, or we've just seen a lull in his career. Curious to see what's going on. Going on but I'm a little down on him right now AJ. In Buffalo there's not much going on there uh, as they are bottom five in goals for and goals against per game con- uh, opposite to what Boston's done. R- uh, Ristolainen on the blue line he's had a terrible start. This guy was a guy that we projected to be one of the top blue liners in hockey for the next several years in fact uh, Uh, power play quarterback who's shown uh, extremely well in the past really not having it uh, go his way this year I'm saying he's a real fade in DFS play right now until further notice after seeing the Duchesne situation unfold we'll get into that a little bit later uh, I I think the Sabres should shop a guy like Evander Kane a pending UFA who's having a career year had another big night yesterday uh, amid in the middle of this team's disappointing start it's kind of a misfit situation when you got a guy going so well when the rest of the team is, is floundering and uh, I don't think this guy wants to hang around Buffalo to you
0: I don't think so either I mean the only thing would be if they you know can have talks and, and think maybe they can get a deal done maybe you don't trade him uh, but I can't imagine that that he's going to stick around although You know, they do still at the end of the day have, they do have Jack Eichel. Uh, There's, you know, a few other players uh, around the team. Seth Griffiths is a decent uh, talent as well, Sam Reinhardt. And so maybe he sees some pieces that that can produce, but ultimately I I would expect him to leave in the offseason. And so it doesn't make sense not to trade him. I think the one silver lining with all these injured guys they have because I'm not sure how many of them were going to really contribute on a night-to-night basis anyway. Uh, you talk Jakob Josephson, yeah, might have been a bottom six role. Uh, Justin Bailey, Evan Rodriguez, I don't really see either of those guys being top six players. Uh, you know, other than maybe Risto and maybe Zach Bogosian. Those are really the only injured guys that I see uh, that probably would have had a, a significant uh, uh, contribution on a night-to-night basis.
1: I'm going to have some fun with the Calgary uh, analysis here for a minute, AJ. Uh, First of all, Jager uh, returns to the lineup this week. That's good news. Given the lack of quality offense on the right side, he'll get a top six shot again. I hope his fitness level will be there soon, too. He uh, will remind our listeners, even he said he wasn't up to snuff in the first uh, few weeks of the season, needed some time. Maybe he's got that in place now. With the lack of production, though, uh, from three top prospects Bennett, Lazar and Jankowski. This unit is going to earn an unflattering nickname from me. I'm going to call it the bust line. What do you think about that AJ?
0: Well, I definitely agree on on Curtis Lazar. I mean, he has reached the 20-point mark just once. Uh hasn't really been utilized fully. Uh, even in his time in Ottawa, he, you know, wasn't a night-to-night kind of player and just hasn't produced. I'll spot you that one. It's definitely too early on Jankowski uh I I think Sam Bennett is is approaching it uh you know had a 30 point season as a rookie 26 uh as a sophomore and then this year pointless in 15 games, so uh, something's clearly not clicking for their, these guys. Maybe Jager can kind of uh, show them something, get them out of this funk, uh, but I, I am close to agreeing with you. I, I do think it's too early on Yankowski to call him a bust.
1: And we were talking about the Carolina Hurricanes, particularly myself, I'll say, in very flattering terms when you look at the fe- defense corps there. I thought it was going to be a strength of this club. They are somewhat improved, but it's not much thanks to the Blue Liners. Uh, none of the kids is producing much and more surprisingly neither is their perennial scoring machine Justin Falk so I say fade the blue liners here until they rediscover a more expected scoring form but kudos to the forwards who are helping prop this lineup up right now
0: yeah I mean Hannafin's their top uh, scoring blue liner with just five points and that's ninth best on the team Uh, and you know there's really not anybody doing a whole lot for them now Jeff Skinner's got seven goals um, but just two assists so he's only got nine points they have only played 12 games, uh, but there's just not a lot of production out of this team as a whole, uh, in which, you know, that's certainly not going to help Scott Darling and Cam Ward if, if they can't get any offensive support. Uh, Darling did bounce back with a win last night and has had uh, two decent back-to-back outings. And to our point about a lack of scoring, he allowed just one goal on November 4th, but ended up with an overtime loss. Cause he couldn't get any support from his team so uh it's it's a big problem for them and i think it's going to make uh taking any of their players not just the blue liners uh, a fade in in daily fantasy
1: hey jay you're probably still reeling from the 10 spot that the hawks uh, put up on your penguins uh, team scoring since then though has been a real issue for the chicago team as no opposing goalie has given up more than three goalie goals in a game to the hawks since then in fact only three goals from the defense uh, year to date is a problem. The back end not providing much offense. The bottom six is also giving them next to nothing here with Patrick Sharp's four points, a primary indicator of this kind of shortfall. So there's a lot of pressure on the big money guys up front. You know their names, Taves and Kane and company. Uh, they have a heavy load to bear here until the other guys uh, fall into place. But if they don't get that right, this team could be in more trouble than many people forecast early on.
0: Yeah, there there are a few bright spots, but they are still kind of hard to find. I mean, Anisimov has uh, four goals in his last five games, uh, so that's definitely one player to to look at on this team. Uh, Richard Panic has uh, kind of really come to a screeching halt yeah. after a hot start for him. He's pointless in his last six, uh, and so the, there are certainly some question marks here, and I think it's kind of an inconsistency of who's playing with who. Uh, You know, Brandon Saad right now on the second line, but certainly a first line option as well. Patrick Kane, who has, you know, historically been more of a a second line. They've had uh, him and Taves often split up. Uh, They haven't always been together and they're playing together so i think the shuffle uh is really causing some problems here for this club
1: and uh when we come up to the colorado situation it's a chance for us to talk about a big trade that went down so we're going to depart from the alphabetical order and deal with the three teams in a row uh that were involved in that particular trade so let's begin uh that analysis by taking a look at just the haul that colorado came up with uh They receive, in order, Ottawa's first-round pick next year. That's a lottery-protected pick, A.J., for choices 1 through 10 next year only. Uh, They also get Ottawa's third-round pick, uh, young prospect Shane Bowers, uh, goalie that we've seen in the NHL, Andrew Hammond. And then from Nashville, they pick up a a pretty quality defense prospect in Samuel Girard. They get a second-round pick from the Predators, and they also get Vladislav Kamenev, from the from the Predators as well so they pick up a number of pieces here when I see the kind of trade haul that they got it makes me think back to the NFL years ago when the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker to the Vikings and uh, the next thing he knew that my team went on to three Super Bowls in six years I know you like that memory (laughs) then yeah let's finish the analysis there with uh with Colorado then (laughs) AJ let me let me hear what you think how do you think they did well enough from from their perspective. I certainly like the Hull, and uh, assuming they make good choices, this could really set their franchise uh, up for some great years in the very near future.
0: Oh, I think they got way more than I would have ever expected them uh, to get, which is why you see three teams involved here. I mean, to get, uh, if you think maybe they were just going to trade with Ottawa, uh, that protected pick, the third-round pick, Bowers and Hammond, is not really that much for, for Matt Duchesne. Uh, you know, his value is a good chunk higher than that. So I, I love the haul that they got. You know, you've got three picks in there, uh prospects at, at pretty much every position, a winger, a center goalie and D uh, perhaps my favorite pickup here is definitely Samuel Garrard. He was a player that uh, it sounded like he was going to start the year in the minors. Uh, didn't uh, got got a look in the in the NHL this season making his debut now he has just played five games but in those outings he's got three points and with Nikita Zadarov kind of on the outs uh, with the coaching staff here uh, he got benched periodically his minutes have been you know closer to the the 17 uh, 18 mark I would expect him to maybe very quickly uh, replace and actually take on a, a, a role with the NHL club right out the gate uh, Andrew Hammond, I definitely have had questions about in the past. You look at his 2015-16 year with Ottawa, 7-11-4, uh, not exactly uh, a winning formula there. And so he, he has some questions, but he's also produced uh, decently in the minors as well. So uh, there's some some definite pieces here, and I love the, the Hall of Draft picks as well.
1: Let's look at the Nashville side of the equation where they picked up Kyle Touris who immediately signed a six-year, $36 million deal after this trade went down, giving the Preds an unprecedented, in their franchise history really, uh, strength down the middle. A nice one-two punch when you consider Ryan Johansson. Uh, also at center. I don't think they've had anything quite like this before. And when you add it to the strength of this team on the blue line, which everybody knows about, and in goal where they have Pekka this is a team, a strong team, that we liked at the beginning of the season. And I think they look even a little bit stronger after after this deal. And I don't think a lot of uh, ink has been uh, shared in terms of the write-ups on this trade speaking to that effect, uh, the impact of Cal Tourists being added to the mix here when they really didn't lose a whole heck of a lot anywhere else.
0: No, I totally agree, Paul. I mean, defensively, you look at the team they already have. Uh, losing Sam Garide, yeah, maybe uh, he would have been a, a great prospect down the road. Um, but for now, they don't really need him, right? And this is a, huh. a team that's in a win now position. You look at the the wing positions as well. They got Salamakia there, Kevin Fiala, Austin Watson, uh, Pontus Aberg is actually uh, outside of the bottom six right now. So they've got a ton of depth at that position, too. So they really didn't lose anything uh, that they didn't already have. My only question is, how does it feel to be Nick Benino today? Uh, (laughs) Supposed to be he was supposed to be that that number two, that one, two. Now he's going to find himself once again in that third line center role that he left in Pittsburgh. Uh, And so kind of a a, a rough day for him between the injury. uh, He still isn't back yet and uh you know just getting bumped down uh, i mean i guess i could see him fighting with Terrace for that second spot but I, I i imagine he'll be in that third line role
1: yeah and that just speaks to the strength of this team going forward you hope that he buys in but you you make a great point because he left the situation in pittsburgh to get away from that third line situation and it's uh, before him again it's up to him to be the pro now and uh, to deal with it and maybe he'll find himself back in the stanley cup final in the, for another year uh Uh, That would be quite something. And, uh, of course, when we got to talk about this deal, the centerpiece to all of it was Matt Duchesne. He orchestrated his ouster. I'll have more to say about that near the end of the show. But he's uh, likely cast as no worse than a number two center here. They also have Derek Broussard in in the mix, uh, a guy they recently picked up from the Rangers in another deal and so uh, they have a nice one-two punch at center and he Duchesne for his part is uh, in a happier place I think mentally after getting out of Colorado he really wanted out and now he can look forward to being the, the playmaker for the likes of Mike Hoffman and Bobby Ryan when he gets back in the lineup that's a pretty nice place to fall when you're a center looking for a new home and getting the quality of wingers that he might see in Ottawa
0: yeah I mean Terrace is is def- i 'm sorry Duchenne is definitely a slight upgrade uh, from Kyle Turris, I think overall, uh, but they 're about even, so you know I kind of question uh, ottawa 's inclusion in this deal to to be perfectly honest with you, uh, they give up a, a young talent like shane bowers who who could uh, you know definitely make something of himself, uh, some pretty high picks, and ultimately i don 't know that they upgraded their team significantly in getting uh Duchesne for tourists I, I do think Duchesne's a better player uh and will will add something to the team but they haven't so upgraded uh for the cost that they gave up
1: you know what aj i think you nailed it here in terms of my assessment on the deal i agree with you there i think long term though the abs win this deal in a big way in the near term Duchesne and tourists could be a wash and that means the, i echo your sentiments why did ottawa go to these great lengths to acquire this guy when they had a guy who was very similar quality i say don't overrate you who's only reached as high as 70 points four seasons ago and only one time in his career there's a lot of pressure on this kid and i think that the fans of ottawa might be expecting more than he'll be able to deliver deliver, and might be wondering after a while why did they make this deal at all so i agree with your assessment and uh, scratch my head as an ottawa fan uh, might uh, in the near term Let's move on to the rest of our teams, uh, looking at Columbus, where Artemi Panarin snapped an 11-game goal as Funk in his last start. AJ, we should see him take flight soon now. this is There's too much talent within and around him for a repeat of that kind of a slump. Columbus is fifth in the league in goals four. Uh, Seth Jones, on the other hand, living up to my breakout call at the beginning of the season with 12 points in 15 games played before yesterday's action. Pierre-Luc Dubois, third pick in last year's... Uh, Uh, draft is struggling in his rookie season he picked up another goal last night his fourth point of the season in 16 games in fairness though this kid's only getting 11 and a half minutes of playing time per game columbus can afford these growing pains because they're such a deep team i say don't give up on the talent that dubois shown uh, in junior if you want to if you want a hot stick, though, from this group, Ontario native Josh Anderson might be worth a look. Six goals and three assists in 11 games played. That's a lot of guys to highlight here, but it just speaks to what's going on in Columbus. They've got a real good team, A.J., and uh, a lot of guys are really firing right now.
0: Well, one guy, in my opinion, that's not firing on all cylinders is actually the, the netminder, Sergey Bobrovsky. Uh, you look at his last four outings, now he's got two wins, one loss and one overtime loss which wouldn't lead you to too many concerns, but he's given up more than three goals in, in all of those games, including two, four goal uh, outings. And the, the save percentage is down to point eight eight eight, a 3.37 goals against average. So there's certainly uh, some concerns there. Now he got the night off last night. So hopefully he'll bounce back in time for their next outing uh, and get back on track. Cause at the start of the season, he looked like uh, he was putting up another Vesna Trophy-winning campaign, uh, but this latest little stretch has me concerned uh, if he's going to have a bit of a drop-off this season from how well he performed last year.
1: Well, you know what, AJ? You've touched on something now that we can divert the discussion for a moment and say that there's a number of goalies that have started off very slowly this year. Look at Carey Price in Montreal, Freddie Anderson in Toronto. Uh, to name a couple other guys, Hendrik Lundquist in New York, there's four guys that were pretty solid uh, players throughout their career and also very good last year in terms of their team's respective fortunes but this year it's just not happening for them and uh, i wonder if there's a real uh, singular reason why that i can't really come up with it i wonder what you might think
0: in that regard no, I mean, the one thing I can think of is, is number of games played last year. I mean, you look at Cam Talbot. He led Another the one. league with 76. Uh, he's struggling. Uh, Bobrowski played in a ton of games. Uh, he uh, 63 last year. Uh, and so maybe it's just a workload kind of hangover uh, into the start of this season. On the flip side, though, we are seeing a number of guys who uh, did Really struggle in the past that are having better seasons. I mean, you look at Jaroslav Halak; he's kind of taken over the role. Connor Hellebuck, a player who was uh, in many ways much maligned. Uh, So, yeah, there's there's good and bad all over the league as far as what we expected uh, for the season. Yeah,
1: Uh, let's uh, we'll spend some more time talking about that in coming weeks and maybe even later on with some of the thumbnails on the other clubs. But let's get back into the, uh, the talks of the teams here with the Dallas Stars. Uh, John Klingberg is right there among the top-scoring D-men. We forecast that at the beginning of the year. He's been well-insulated by the addition of Mark Mathot, who is the best caddy, I guess you can say, to the superstar defenseman that was coming along because uh, it's been well-documented what he did to help Eric Carlson in, in Ottawa as well. Marty Hansall has flopped uh, at center, being relegated to the fourth line. We thought that he would be a better fit here, but it's just not working out that way. Meanwhile, Matthias Janmark has stepped into that number two role and has produced 3 points in his last five games that's not great but it's not bad either and he's getting the shot so maybe worth a look to keep an eye on him there has to be some concern around a goal as jason spezza too uh, he's carrying a 7.5 million dollar cap hit i'm just saying not a great value for the buck there uh, from the big uh, centerman in goal bishop has been beaten for at least three goals in six of his last seven starts So another goalie that's struggling there Meanwhile, his backup, Carry Lettinen, is impressed and relieved and may, I think, get a shot to start a couple of uh, games in a row if this trend by the starter, uh, presumptive starter Bishop, continues.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and maybe it's something in the water down in Dallas that they're starting netminder just can't perform well. I mean, we talked about it all last season, probably at nauseam for some of our listeners. And now, you know, with Ben Bishop supposed to be uh, the solid netminder, there's certainly some questions there. Uh, And I'm going to throw a little ice uh, on your Mark Mathot party here, Paul. You know, Yeah, I get he's not a huge uh, contributor, didn't score any goals last season, uh, but he's got zero points in 15 games. Now, not a huge concern uh, for a lot of people, but what does concern me is for a guy that's supposed to be your top line defenseman, kind of insulating, he has less than 20 minutes of ice time per game. He's not playing on the power play at all. And actually his shorthanded minutes are only uh, just north of two minutes per game. So when are they supposed to use this guy that's supposed to be like their shutdown defenseman alongside Klingberg? Now, Klingberg's having a, a decent season, uh, but you have to factor in that eight of his 15 points are coming on the power play, which is when he's not playing with Mark Mathot. Uh, So maybe this, in my opinion, this actually, this fit might not be working out as well as you might originally think uh, looking at the pairing. You have a right to your ridiculous opinion. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: that's a great point, AJ. You you know, more than half his points uh, not coming on the regular five on five. My thought has not been brought there, though, to be any kind of a scoring kind of defenseman and and maybe he can't keep up with the playing time that that is afforded his younger flashier a teammate so uh, they're getting what they're getting and i i assume they're happy though because it's uh, it's working out at least for that pairing when they're on the ice together uh certainly klingberg has nothing bad to say about the fact that he's playing with the thought, uh, so far uh in edmonton It's all gone wrong there, AJ. As far as goals for, uh, it's way down. As goals against, it's way up. There's no secondary scoring here at all. Cam Talbot struggling in the nets. And uh, there are a lot of holes in this sinking ship. I think they need to focus on defense first. And Coach Multhellan is lacking job security at the moment.
0: Oh, I think he's uh, quickly working his way out. I mean, when you have this much talent on the team, you can't be... Uh, producing at, at such an abysmal rate as they currently are. I mean, you're talking about the only team worse than them in their division is Arizona, and they're supposed to be worse than them in the division. 5-8-1 and one is not going to cut it, uh, and something has to change. Now, I've seen this uh, in the past uh, with teams that aren't responding, specifically the Penguins. They've made uh, goal, uh, coaching changes mid-season, and actually twice they've done that and won the Stanley Cup. Uh, so maybe that's the recipe here for Edmonton. I, I'm not necessarily blaming McClellan for all the problems, uh, but clearly the players just aren't responding and need a kick in the pants. And maybe that kick in the pants is the coaching change strong words and
1: i echo them uh coach has got to be lacking job security at the moment i do think and i agree as as you said uh we missed detroit that's my fault i'm still alphabetically challenged i guess rumor (laughs) rumors of this team's demise may have been greatly exaggerated by us uh, at least me at the beginning of the season i wasn't very high on them they're eight seven and one right now and i don't think anybody would have predicted that a reorganized top six up front looks really good though and is fortified by third liners target. Helm and Nielsen who've also combined for 12 goals in 15 games played that's pretty good secondary scoring AJ from third liners so uh, the offense is certainly in place and the goaltending of Jimmy Howard and even uh, Marazic has been rock solid of late and uh, with Howard he's been really good right from the get-go I really like what I'm seeing here AJ Uh, are you buying into it yet?
0: I'm not. I'm still kind of hesitant. I mean, you look like at a guy like Andre Athanasio. Uh, he's only got one goal and one assist after that lengthy, uh, you know, whining stretch, yeah, yeah. for lack yeah. of a better term. <laughs> uh, you know, and so you expect when a guy's going to hold out like that and kind of hold the team hostage, you expect him to come in and produce and he really hasn't. Now, I get he didn't get a training camp and this last couple of weeks have been that. Uh, and then defensively, I'm, I'm just not sold on what this de- defensive core is offering. I, I think uh, they're just there's not much there. Uh, Mike Green obviously has his 13 points, but the only one of those is a goal. Uh, and then outside of him, you go all the way down to Nick Jensen, which is five assists. Again, no goals. So they really are not getting uh, any. In fact, they don't have any. Uh, a blue line scoring with the exception of one goal by Jonathan Erickson and one goal by Mike green. So they need to find ways to get that blue line going, uh, and until they do, I'm not going to buy in on this club.
1: Oh, boy, your friends at the home office will be all over you.
0: See, guys, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice about Detroit.
1: He's not. Go after him. We got the Florida Panthers up next, AJ. Their offense is one that's also taking shape. We knew the top line would be pretty good if enough could fit in. He certainly has with 14 points in 13 games to date. Trocek is anchoring the second scoring line with his point-per-game pace between Brickley and Bugsted. We started to highlight those two guys in the last couple of weeks. That pushes uh, guys like McGinn and McCann into more appropriate third-line roles. I was a little down on them at the beginning of the season, but I think they're more appropriately casted into this third line situation that makes this team look a little bit better than i thought it would uh, the goal thing though has been awful of late uh reimer certainly didn't uh, do himself any favors while luanga was out and uh, we know that our anti-niemi story from the, his time in pittsburgh was not good it wasn't much better in the times that he's played in net in florida but uh Roberto Longo came back, and he's going to get the big part of the load for the next little while to see what he can deliver behind what has taken shape up front here.
0: Yeah, for the number of uh, experienced netminders they have on this club, it's really not looking great. Uh, You know, you look at uh, uh, Reimer, he's given up 11 goals in his last three games, including a five spot against Tampa, uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do here as far as, uh, you know, moving forward. Are they going to put Niemi back on waivers now that Luongo, uh, is healthy? Are they going to carry all three guys and try and, you know, go with a, a, a three headed monster here? Uh, I'm not really sure what the answer is. Usually you don't see teams waste uh, a spot on the 23 man roster with a third goalie. So a lot of questions to be had on the back end. I, I, question whether the is going to get that full load uh they were kind of doing a goalie split before he got hurt and so they might go back to that especially you know he's winless uh since october 12th was his last win now granted he missed a, a chunk of time in the middle there with that injury so i'm really curious to see what the answer is uh in the nets for this club uh over in la i've talked about to
1: uh stepping up and filling up a top six role in fine style he, he wasn't expected but he's got 10 points and a plus 10 in 14 games played There, force feeding alex yafalo a top line left wing role here and that's not working out quite as well so one up one down in los angeles in my opinion for those as yafalo only has four points in 14 games played Meanwhile, Jonathan Quick continues to be great in goal, 199 goals against average year-to-date. That's phenomenal. He's just picked up where he left off before last season's injury-riddled campaign. Forbert on the blue line being paired with Doughty on the top defense pair, that means there should, you should be a, uh, seeing a spike in his ownership because his playing time has gone up. And meanwhile, his shots on goal has risen as a result. This guy's going to factor into the scoring as long as he gets that top-D pairing because unlike Mathot, he's a more active participant in the offensive game here uh, in L.A. with the partnership with Doughty, it
0: seems. Well, at the risk of drink, jinxing him, uh, Dustin Brown has shaken off that uh, four-game slump and has four points in his last four. Uh, What I do like about this little stretch he's having here is 13 hits along with that. So for you season long, uh, you know, uh, players out there, that's definitely going to help his value there. So Dustin Brown, uh, we talked about him, then he hit a slump. We talked about him being bad. Then he got good again. So hopefully I didn't (laughs) jinx it. Uh, I apologize to the Dustin Brown owners if I did. So uh, this club, does have uh still some injured guys that i think are gonna stretch uh their depth but uh they're holding on and uh, maintaining you know a, about what we you know uh a good a good stretch seven two and one in their last 10 and so i think uh they should hopefully be able to hold on until those guys get healthy
1: there's a call for you from Mrs. Brown on line one, AJF. Uh, you want to grab that while I talk about Minnesota here for a sec? The Minnesota Wild uh, can look to Grandland. Now he's eight games back into his return, and he's starting to show signs that he's ready to get back into the scoring sheet on a regular basis. I'm going to say the numbers don't reflect it right now, but I'm going to say grab him if you can. This guy led the team in scoring last season. Uh, their team scoring is balanced, but it's a bit short. I expect him to be a big part of the uptick that, that is inevitable here, in my opinion. Uh, on the other hand, it may be time to sell on Chris Stewart, who has a team leading six goals but has been blanked in seven straight games. I think he's seen a lesser role with the uh, return of Lund to the lineup, and is he paying for it? with a lack of uh, playing time and scoring opportunities. In goal, Devin Dubnik is having by far his worst season in Minnesota with a goals against uh, that's actually north of three goals a game. That situation is one that's a surprise to me, AJ, and it won, it's one that bears watching as we move forward.
0: Well, my concern is, is the forwards, uh, the line shuffling and the scoring. You highlighted a few players that are struggling here. Their leading uh, point producer right now is Jared Spurgeon from the blue line with 10 points in, in 13 games. So there's some serious question marks in my opinion. Uh, you know, Ryan Sitter's uh six on the team with eight points. And so they, and I think they're relying too much on their defense. They're, they're, I talked about with uh, you know earlier about having no defensive s- scoring with Toronto. There's a fine line here, in my opinion. You can't be too reliant on them, but you also need some production. There's a middle ground here, and I think Minnesota is on the other end of the, the spectrum from Detroit in that they're relying too heavily on them. I will uh, go out on a limb and blame a little bit of this on the line shuffling. Again, it's, it's not something that I like. We've talked about it in the past. Uh, and last season, about how there used to be consistency of guys playing together, and you're just not seeing that in Minnesota. You know, Stewart was a top line, Granlin was going to be there, Nita up on the top line, Collins on the third line now. Luke Kunin has logged more miles between Iowa and Minnesota than I think anybody else in, in the country right now as he continues to move up and down. So I think they need to build um, s- some stability there in order to, to get some success.
1: Over in Montreal, you know what this team uh, is is got Charlie Lindgren making his uh, debut uh, this season a really good one he's looked really good in two games uh, last night he took care of Las Vegas on the second half of back to backs but limited them to two goals and even when they turned the tables in the last two periods of the game he stood tall for the Canadians after blanking Chicago right in Chicago uh, in Montreal, with the way the Habs struggle, that's enough to light up a goalie controversy, AJ. Only in Montreal, I say, where the most fickle fans are still among the most fervent fans in the entire league. That's obscured the fact that this club's offense is also rounding into form during a recent hot streak. I Look, for instance, at, at Max Pacioretty. He was an MIA at the beginning of the season, but suddenly he's back on a 30-goal pace, and he'll do better than that on the season. They also got Philippe Deneau, who has moved... Uh, aggressively into a top six role and he's got 10 points in 16 games as well Shea Weber on the blue line what doing what Shea Weber does I don't like the minus six but the offense is there Jonathan Drouin has contributed 11 points in 16 games I like a little little bit more from him but those numbers are even better than they were earlier in the season on on all these guys and uh, I I think things are turning out turning into shape a little bit for Montreal Uh, better days ahead for this team it's to my chagrin that I have to admit that
0: well, you've talked about the good. I'll talk about some of the bad. Arturi Lekinen, two goals, three assists in, in 16 outings. That's just not going to cut it for a top six guy. And both those goals came in one game. Uh, so if you take that out of the equation, you're looking at a pretty significant slump here uh, to start the season. And so that's uh, not what you want, especially from a guy. Averaging over three minutes per game on the power play. Uh, You talked about Carey Price's struggle. Look, anybody that thinks that there's a goalie controversy in Montreal needs to go get their head checked. Uh, This (laughs) Carey Price is your starting netminder. Now, if you want to talk about whether Charlie Lindgren should take Mm -hmm. over for Al Montoya as the backup, that's a discussion I think we can have. Uh, Montoya has wins in his last two appearances, but he allowed seven goals in those outings and basically got bailed out by this kind of resurgent offense. And so, if you want to have that discussion and that's your goaltender controversy, by all means, go ahead. But to suggest that Carey Price is not the starting netminder in Montreal is just insane to me.
1: Uh, a neat story is being written in New Jersey. We've covered their uh, uptick at the start of the season, and it's continuing. Taylor Hall is playing inspired hockey, AJ, looking better than he has in at least the last three seasons, and looking again like one of the best left wingers in all of hockey. He leads this club in scoring. But right behind them, some young guns in Brad and Gibbons are still lighting it up, too. This team is outscoring a poor start uh, again by another goalie who was expected to be a workhorse and struggling. And that's Corey Schneider. It's doing well also without three key forwards in the mix. They're all in the injured reserve. That's Zajak, Johansson, and Palmieri. They expect to get Johansson back soon, and uh, the others will be a little bit more delayed. But uh, things are looking up overall for for New Jersey. If the goaltending issues with Schneider get rectified, this could be a team to reckon with.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I want to give a a little bit of love real quickly to uh, a Madison, Wisconsin, actually Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. There is a distinction. Uh, uh, Native Will Butcher, the 22-year-old, has 12 assists uh, to start the year in his rookie campaign, 14 games logged. Uh, Now, no goals yet, still looking for that. Seven of those assists have come on the power play, a plus five rating. Now, if you're looking for some help in, in season long, You know, some of his ancillary stats are a little down. His block shots are only 12. His hits are just five. So he's not dishing out the hits, has just 12 shots on goal uh, for for 12 assists. Did they all get tipped in? I'm not sure. Uh, But uh, there is a lot to be said about what he can offer. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's some good things here. Uh, The fact that this team has more than just defensive defensemen and has some offensive guys. Uh, I think everything's trending in the right direction for the Devils this year.
1: And we'll look at uh, the next club on board, and that's the New York Islanders. Matthew Barzal is on a scoring tear with 10 points in his last five games, AJ. And those of you who bailed on Nick Letty uh, should mute this pod uh, while I'll tell everybody else that he has emerged from a slow start to chip in nine points in his last seven games. And he's going to be back on that pace for 50 points that I called for at the preseason analysis. I've punted on goalie Thomas Grice from any of my lineups, as he's clearly, clearly the number two behind Halak, with uh, so that's the goaltending situation in a in a split second for me with 16 points in his last 11 games Josh Bailey saw another spike in his ownership now at an elite level of 82 percent owned in in leagues that are out there in season-long play aging
0: well you want to talk about the Tavares effect it's in in full effect with Josh Bailey I mean he's got 15 assists while Tavares has 12 goals there's clearly something working between these two guys I'm again going to throw, for lack of a better phrase, some water on the Nick Letty party here. Uh, He has produced uh, in his last couple outings, but I will note, especially for daily players, his uh, scoring seems to come in clumps. He's got three points in one game against Colorado with uh, zero points in the two games on either end of that against Washington and Edmonton. So uh, he, I think, is going to be a hot, cold play uh, for daily contests. Uh, As far as season long, doesn't really matter, especially in a rotisserie uh, format when he's chipping in those goals. So a little bit safer bet there. Uh, But I would still expect a a slump to return at some point here. I don't think he's going to reach 50 points contrary to Paul's prediction.
1: A dollar bet. (laughs) <laughs> over to new york rangers pavel buknevich was the big mover in roster trends here with a jump of over 14 percent after he acqu- acquired eight points in his last seven games there's a lot of misleading numbers on the rangers uh Henrik Lundqvist, for Lundqvist, for instance, had has a streak, had a streak of four straight wins, but gave up twelve goals in that span. That's not great. Kevin Schachterg has fifteen points, but is a minus six. That's not great either. I'm very wary by of buying into this club right now. They've uh, underwhelmed, in my opinion. AJ, uh, am I on the right track, or, or am I off base in your per- perception?
0: No, I think you're right on, Paul. Uh, and if you take, you know, again to talk about you know, defense, you know, Ryan McDonough, nine assists, no goals. Uh, You know, you've got uh, Brady Skay, four points in in 16 outings. Now you did mention Shattenkirk, uh, but there's some question marks there, as you pointed out. Uh, I'm not really sure what, uh, you know, this team is. I mean, they've always been Henrik Lundqvist, stalwart and goal, uh, you know, some solid defensemen and then a few, you know, scores, they've never really had uh, that flagship, uh, you know, kind of offensive forward on this club, uh, in my opinion, at least yeah. not of late. Mm-hmm. And so I think if Lunquist can't, uh, you know, kind of right the ship, even though he's winning games, I think if he can't right the ship and start shutting down some teams a little bit better, uh, the wheels are going to come off for this club.
1: And that's not something we forecast at the beginning of the season. In fact, they were the favorites out of the shoot in Las Vegas and, uh, and a lot of other circles in terms of preseason picks. We already covered off the Ottawa Senators, so we're going to jump down to the Philadelphia Flyers. One of the goalies I'm looking at in a in a buy search right now is Michael Neuverth, who has outplayed presumptive starter Brian Elliott. That's something that we both uh, thought could happen at the beginning of the season. It only took 10 games. They split... Uh, the last 10 games, in fact, with more of a share coming from Neuwirth's way in the next few weeks, I do believe. It may be a good time to buy in also on Travis Connectney, now entrenched on the second scoring line and getting solid power play time. This is a guy who was a top draft pick of the Flyers a year ago, and uh, looks like he's going to be not a victim of the sophomore slump uh, that started out at the beginning of the year. He's picked it up a little bit, and I see big things from him in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I, I think the biggest concern for me uh, is the middle of this lineup. You know, you look at uh, Sean Couturier, uh, Filipula. They're both uh, they're both doing just fine. No real complaints about them. But those are their top two guys. Then you drop down to Joey Laterra, who's got just one assist yeah. in nine games, uh, and then even Scott Lawton, he's got four points uh, in fifteen games, including. Just one point in his last uh, nine so I really think they need to get Nolan Patrick back as soon as possible and back in this lineup it sounds like he's trending in the right direction still was sporting the no contact jersey on Saturday uh, but they called him day to day uh, according to the general manager there Ron Hextall so hopefully they could get him back on Thursday and that will really help kind of shore up uh, that lack of center depth right now.
1: Up next, we're going to talk about your favorite club, the Philadelphia, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, right, Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Big mistake there. I'm sorry, buddy. And uh, so when we look at the fly, the fly Penguins situation, we've got to talk about, talk about Jake Gunsell. He's been bounced around a little bit of late uh, coming off the Crosby line, but he's, and he wound up on the third line for a bit. But uh, recently he's been reinstalled in a scoring unit playing on the second line with Malkin and Kessel. Uh, and I wonder what your, what your thoughts are in that regard. I'm saying don't bail on him. I wonder if you agree. Uh, I'm buying it on Patrick Hornquist, though, who has been a fixture with Sydney over the last two weeks on the top unit. And in goal, Marty Murray has uh, picked, uh, served up a pair of full go- four goal against games on their Western swing. And Tristan Jari is now back, backing up in, in the nets. What do you think about the goalie snapshot there as well as uh, another question I have for you?
0: Yeah. So to start off with Gensel, uh, they, you know, after that kind of uh, little slump there, they weren't using him a ton on the power play. They've reinserted him into the power play. He's got a goal and an assist in the last two. I think he'll actually complement that, that Kessel Malkin line really well, uh, gives him a little bit more of a scoring touch than a guy like Brian Rust, while also giving them the same kind of speed and energy that, that rust has. So I think he'll, he'll do really well in there. I wouldn't sell on him yet. As far as Murray goes, uh, you know, he, he did have a, a couple difficult outings, uh, but he also got the win last night with a 25 save performance against Arizona. He'll be just fine. As far as the backup goes, I know they really wanted to keep Tristan Jari down in the AHL for the entire year. Uh, but Casey DeSmith uh, didn't really wow in his call up. And so we'll see. I, I would imagine these guys might get flopped again at some point. Later in the year, maybe more than once, uh, so i wouldn 't pick up either one in, in your uh, your contest and then I will just throw out Justin Schultz came back last night from that concussion, picked up a goal right away, uh, and twenty minutes of ice time so he's uh, seems to be back, starting to click again on all cylinders, and I, I think he should do just fine uh, looking ahead yeah he 's what I
1: f- figure is a very underrated defenseman there people are when they think of the Pittsburgh defense they think of uh, Chris Letang, obviously, as long as he stays healthy and looking toward Ali Mata, but Schultz has quietly been a guy that has racked up the points in the last couple of seasons there, and uh, they would be well-served if he could stay healthy, that's for sure. Over in San Jose in our season pre- previews, I noted that Tim Heed would be a person of interest on this blue line since he had such a strong year in the AHL last year. Well... He's been promoted to the big club when with Paul Martin going down with an injury 11 games ago. The net effect has been two goals and five assists along with a plus two rating. AJ, can I call it bingo here?
0: I, I wouldn't call it quite yet just because if Martin, uh, when Martin and Vlasic get healthy, I'm not sure Tim Heath stays in the lineup. I think uh, Dylan DeMello will probably get bounced for sure. Uh, But I think they, despite a lack of production, I think they actually still really like Joakim Ryan. And I'm not sure they'll send him down right away, which means Tim Heed, I think, in my opinion, becomes the odd man out uh, once they get healthy. So I'm going to hold off. I'm paying off that bingo for you, Paul. All
1: right. well, I I think that's another disparity between us. I like Hedra a lot right now. Over in St. Louis, this deep squad will be soon welcoming back Patrick Berglund to the forward ranks and Bo Meester to the defense. In the meantime, Vince Dunn has been in on the blue line. He started off well, a couple of goals, and Oscar Sundquist has moved in up front. Uh, These two guys are going to see their roles diminish, so I would say don't be buying into them at a time when the uh, returning veterans are on the horizon here. I'm a bit surprised uh, to note that vladimir sabatka's ownership is only at 38 percent uh he said at the beginning of the season this guy would need to start goal scoring uh he was picking up some assists well he's got three goals in his last four games and is still holding holding on to the top six role he's got two hands on that grip right now and i don't see him going anywhere so that ownership should be a lot higher on this deep team for him in that situation
0: Speaking of a guy who should have really high ownership, uh, look no further than Jake Allen uh, between the pipes here. He's got just one loss in his last uh, six outings, and that was a one-goal-allowed uh, performance against the Flyers. So clearly can't blame that one on him. Uh, that's an offensive problem, not, not a goaltending problem there. And this club is you know, obviously clicking on all cylinders. They're leading the Central Division, which I don't think anybody really expected. And not that we thought they would be bad at the start of the season. I think we both just expected other teams to be performing slightly better than St. Louis has. So 8-1-1 uh, one one in their last 10 games. Uh, they've been great, home or away. It doesn't seem to matter for them.
1: AJ, we uh, I've been cautious about touting Yanni Gourd in Tampa, but the guy is not going anywhere but up in terms of ownership, garnering eight points in his last nine games, filling out the vacancy among the top a uh, talented top six here i give you kudos for buying into him early on this is a great team situation for this guy buy him as asap if you can is my echo of your sentiments from last week this smallish forward has proven to be a solid scorer over the last three years in the ahl and this shot at the big leagues uh, that he's enjoying right now has been well earned uh, again a pat on the back to you for for highlighting that i'm on the train with you right now
0: yeah absolutely i i Definitely appreciate the kudos there, Paul. Uh, I, you know, I talked about, he was heading into a little bit of a slump last week, clearly shook that off three goals in the last three games. So Gord uh, is firmly entrenching himself in that top six role. Uh, I do still have some questions about the bottom, you know, the bottom six here. Uh, They're not getting a ton of production out of those guys, but they haven't needed it with a line like Stamkos, Kucherov, and Nemesikov. Uh, And then that second line of Plot, Point, and Gord, uh, all things seem to be working. Now, how that holds up for the rest of the season is definitely a question mark. And then, of course, Vasilevsky continues to be phenomenal. Uh, Picked up the one loss, but it was an overtime loss, so he still gets a point in that one, which means no losses in regulation for Vasilevsky since October 7th.
1: Well, I like how that name rolls off your tongue. That's very good, AJ. Well, <laughs> in Toronto, Leaf Nation held its collective breath earlier last uh, this week when it was reported that Austin Matthews left the practice ice a mere seven minutes in before the Vegas game on Monday. He's finding out what the rock star status is like in this hockey mecca. He's such an even keel guy, though. The subsequent OT win over the Knights, a big one for him, and uh, more particularly goalie Freddie Anderson, who's rebounded from a tough, who rebounded from a tough Western swing. They needed a big effort from him, and they got it, particularly in the shootout. Uh, another guy who's impressed me on the blue line a little bit is rookie D-man Andreas Borgman, AJ. He's been consistently among the leaders in hits and block shots for the club in recent games, even factoring in in the scoring sheet a little bit too with some offense. I am not a big fan of the move of Patrick Marlowe over to center. It's not his natural position, but right now he's between JVR and Connor Brown. It looks like a a pretty effective unit, but I'd rather see Marlowe on the wing uh, long term. This is just until some of the other guys uh, get their acts sorted out. I'm talking about you, Tyler Bozak. Uh, Then (laughs) look on the blue line, and you see Jake Gardner's game has gone south in a big way. I'm not high on this guy. I never have been. AJ, this is a giveaway machine. He plays a style of hockey that more resembles what you'd like you'd see on a Friday night at midnight in your local arena when they play shinny. This guy is so disengaged; it's not even funny for me. You better stop me from a rant, or else I'm going to use up the rest of our time here. <laughs>
0: Well, I I will have a a question here for you is uh, Mitch Marner has three uh, assists in the last two games, still hasn't scored again since opening night, clearly a sophomore slump uh, hitting him heavily here. Do you think that three points is enough to kind of shake off uh, what's going on? and can he start to find the back of the net here soon?
1: I don't think there's any question that he will. This guy is too much of a talent, AJ. I'll repeat what I said a couple weeks ago. I followed this guy's junior career extensively, and he controlled a lot of games, and right now what I find is just he's passing too much and passing up on some great scoring opportunities. That's just part and parcel of going through the bit of a scoring drought that he has, and maybe he just thinks, "I'm I'm a setup guy, but make no mistake he's also a fine finisher and he'll get his act together and I'll remind listeners that Willie Nylander was a fourth liner last year he's off to a pretty good start this year though he's been quiet as well of late so better days ahead for for Marner and don't don't be selling off on this guy he's a tremendous stash a long-term scoring candidate in in uh big but big bold letters keeper in Vancouver, there's a lot of good news stories here, AJ. But I told you not to expect much from Thomas Vanek, and uh, you know a guy like Mike G in our home office touted him a lot in Detroit. But soon got tired of him they got tired of him in vancouver as well and uh, he's dropped to third line status jake Verten in a third year pro and former high draft pick is going to get the next look on the sadine line which is now the number two unit we've talked about the top unit uh, now that's a bunch of three uh, three young guns there and so the offense is starting to take shape and in goal you mentioned a couple of goalies that are got, getting their act together you can add Jakob markstrom to that list uh, really, possibly a depth uh, goalie depth consideration in season long fantasy for our season long players out there.
0: Yeah, I I like uh, that top line seems to be really gelling well of Bereshe Horvat and and Boser. I think what's nice about that is it's a, a sign of the future for uh, for all those Vancouver fans out there. Obviously, the Sedins, uh are not uh, not really clicking at at the rate that they usually do uh Henrik's got five points to start the season Daniel uh not faring much better with eight I definitely don't think you'll see either of these guys push for 60 points as they have in the past uh, possibly even 40 being a challenge Uh, and so that's my one concern with picking up for Tannen is that he is playing with these guys uh, who just seem to have lost a lost a step here so I'm not really sure what the answer is there Uh, as far as that goes once they can clear out that 14 million dollars in cap uh, they could add some very nice pieces to to a young talented team so the future is definitely bright and hopefully uh, they'll they'll uh, continue to excel moving forward. Well, you talked about a team that might be looking to add some nice
1: pieces and be able to trade off some other ones. Uh, Vegas certainly fits that bill. Got a real good look at this team when they visited Toronto earlier this week, and I see what others have been reporting. There's no quit in this squad, and they can really skate all night long. Your preseason call that they will be a playoffs team seems much more reasonable to me. now, but I do think that unless they get the goaltending th- thing straightened out, uh, too much pressure in the nets, and they're they're going to falter a little little bit uh in the near future they have already started they lost a couple of tough games this week in fact in their eastern swing after seeing the matt duchene deal uh, gm george mcphee can look forward to a windfall if he chooses to deal uh, the likes of james Neal and and or david perron at some point remember when i talked uh, and i'll also say remember when i talked of highly of uh, d-man colin Miller. Yeah, off his slow start. After his slow start, people were looking at me, going, "What are you talking about here?" But he's got nine points in his last nine games, and showed off all kinds of skill when I got to see him the other night.
0: Well, speaking of the net minding, uh, I think it's time to give Dylan Ferguson at least a look. Uh, Lagasse hasn't really done much. He's got just one win uh, in his uh, six appearances—a one-four and one record. Uh, Three point eight seven goals against average, so I mean they 've got nothing to lose, right uh, Might as well see what Dylan Ferguson can do uh, that would be my opinion, especially i 'm really shocked they didn 't use him uh, in the back to back they had right. over the weekend right. uh, I, I think it 's time to give this kid a look you know what's what 's the worst that could happen? You know maybe he gets shelled, but he could shake that off, account that to something else as far as what they're going when they 're going to get somebody back. You know, Dansk uh, isn't, uh, we haven't heard much out of him. No, He's probably out for, for at least a couple more games. You know, Suban's out for, originally was a four-week estimate. So that puts him out at least another week from here. And then Flurry, just no progress, no news coming out on him. Still out indefinitely. So they might, uh, as much as they probably don't want to, uh, if they want to kind of salvage this season, they may have to use one of those trade pieces on a netminder unless they can get Flurry back or even Subban uh, back sooner rather than later. In Washington,
1: I guess Lars Eller heard my criticism last week. He now has eight points in his last seven games, and he needs to continue to be a main source of secondary scoring or this team will not be among the contenders at the end of the season. Defensive depth has also been a problem from the outset. Matt Niskanen is still weeks away from rejoining the the lineup, so the offense... Uh, really uh, is uh, focused on the defense in terms of scoring opportunities from John Carlson. He's going to be a UFA at the end of the season, too. So they've got some uh, possible headaches down the road in Washington. And I know that that bothers you tremendously.
0: (laughs) Well, one headache they're not dealing with anymore is Braden Holpe appears to have settled down after a little bit of a a weird uh, end to the month of October. Four wins in his last four outings. Uh, His goals against average is back down to 2.22 in those appearances. Uh, The question mark, obviously, is Philip Grubauer, who we talked about uh, last season as a potential uh, pick for Vegas uh, as a young, uh, talented guy. He's really shown a lot in the past in his limited appearances, but uh, no wins in his six outings four losses and an overtime loss and a 3.67 uh, goals against average. So the, the question mark here is, are they going to go back to relying on Hopi so heavily? I mean, you look at the last three seasons, all over 60, including in 2014, 15, when he played 73 games. Uh, and so with Grubauer struggling and them kind of down in the the standings right now, as you know, they overcome that slow start that they had to the year. Are they going to have to rely too much on Hopi, which I think has been the primary reason for a lot of their early exits in the postseason?
1: Yeah, I echo that sentiment as well. And we didn't expect Grubar to... To fall off a cliff in fact we were touting him as a possible goalie that the Vegas team might look at a year ago but things have gone south for him and he needs to get back to where he can play 25 games and the team doesn't have to worry about that uh, as much as they currently are obviously in Winnipeg to close out our 31 team outlook the big line was really big last week with two of the forwards among the league leaders in terms of the points that they secured Uh, they've also looked this team's also looked great since uh, committing to Connor Hellebuck in goal and he's taken advantage and really played well and done his part uh, in the nets there too being one of the big surprises though i forecast that and i'm pretty happy to say that i've got him in a couple of season-long teams that doing very very well for me in a backup role Uh, big blue liners tyler myers and dustin bufflin are also playing tough and scoring as well so that's uh, makes this team even more formidable. We ta- I've talked a lot about Kyle Connor. He was recently added to the top line, as we reported a while back. And Myers saw a big increase in ownership last week. The two of them did. Uh, we bought. Uh, both thought this team would be solid, and it really is right now.
0: Yeah, I think the one concern going forward is is Steve Mason as a backup. They've benefited yeah. by not having any back to back games recently, uh, and Mason is is winless in his. Uh, brief appearances so fortunately hell buck has has finally seemed to settle in uh, as that uh, you know top tier netminder that they've always expected got bailed out uh, against Montreal he gave up five goals uh, on 50 shots so I mean that's hard to really blame him too much for that but the offense at least contributed enough to get the overtime loss uh, so he still earned his club a point there still remains undefeated in regulation so at least getting his team uh, at least a point even when he struggles
1: all right aj we got to turn our attention briefly to fantasy football and not the fan duel reminding everybody that uh, fantasy football is there for everyday fans New contests start every week. There's no busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting from just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. In terms of what we saw in uh, Week 9 in the NFL, I've got to ask you, how bad are things in Green Bay? Uh, the Lions won over there for only the second time in 26 years. That's an incredible streak uh, with their Monday night win. In the AFC, the top two teams at the halfway mark are the Steelers and Pats. Uh, again it seems but uh, not so much the class of the field as you might normally think at least in my opinion there's a number of teams that are nipping at their heels in the nfc there's a complete changing of the guard among division leaders with the vikes eagles saints and rams atop their divisions Uh, from the dispassionate fan you might say it's kind of nice to see some new faces in these rarefied airs but uh, i'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the landscape AJ.
0: Well, I mean, I, I finally fully understand what a lot of football fans have experienced for years, and that's life without an elite level QB. Uh, it's certainly not pleasant, uh, you know. The you look at that second win in 26 years. What have the Packers had for the last 26 years? Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Although I do think there was a Matt Flynn win in there over uh, Detroit at <laughs> one point as well, uh, but. Yeah. I mean, it. it's certainly, uh, I'm, if you're holding on to any green Bay offensive players right now, it might be time to sell, uh, just because they can't really seem to do much. Uh, Brent Hundley has shown some flashes, but they're not letting him pass the ball, uh, as much as they probably should. I mean, again, to what I said before, uh what's the worst that could happen you're already losing the games if you want to let the kid let it fly let him you know air it out in my opinion uh another team that's been kind of a complete disappointment for me has been the Cincinnati Bengals i've got Dalton in season long and i used AJ Green in daily this last week he didn't spend too much time on the field uh so that was uh you know using those guys has been ill advised they're just another team that has a lot of talent uh, you know and some pieces that can really work but they're just not putting it all together
1: well over two and a half million players have put it all together and one cash prizes playing on Fanduel. aj you and i are among those uh, that high number of people and we encourage everybody to take advantage of our current special offer for new users where you can sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the nfl sunday million which offers more than one million dollars in cash prizes with your first deposit on fanduel just visit fanduel Dot com slash RW. of course these contests are void where prohibited let's get into our FanDuel dfs segment aj why don't you run through tonight's schedule it's a very short one
0: yeah so we'll start off uh, the wild are visiting toronto uh, the maple leafs there minus 145 a six over under that's a seven thirty start then you got the bruins at uh, the rangers again you've got uh, new york a minus 130 That's a 5.5 over-under. And then the last game of the night, coming in as a bit of a toss-up, Tampa at San Jose. Uh, You've got both. uh, You've got San Jose at minus 120, depending on which source you use. Others that I've seen have them at minus 110. I'll give a quick shout-out to the uh, NHL odds page on rotowire.com. You can get odds from bookmaker.edu, mybookie.ag fivedimes.eu, Stats, LLC, and Bovada. So a lot of different lines you can look at. Uh, and we have that for NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, and even college football. So a great uh, site or a great page on the Rotor Royer site there. Obviously, Paul, you'll be interested in that Maple Leafs game. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Sharks in Lightning Uh, Contest. I'm interested to see how that one shakes out. You've got two solid netminders there, although Martin Jones hasn't been quite as uh, shut down as he has been in the past.
1: Yeah, three compelling matchups. I think in terms of the home game here for me, Uh, Minnesota's going to be starting their backup, Alex Stalock. So that might be why the line is uh, as high as it is in Toronto's favor. I was expecting to see it much closer, but when I saw the goalie list uh, and Stalock starting, I thought, okay, that's why Toronto's more heavily favored. The Bruins and rangers i love what they're doing there on the networks in the states with the rivalry nights on wednesdays and this is a great matchup an original six tilt though the rangers uh not playing as well as the the we're expected to, and the Bruins are banged up still when these two teams get together. It's always pretty, pretty neat to watch. Rangers are minus 140 favorite at home. Of course, maybe the marquee matchup in terms of t- talent is the Tampa-San Jose game, so it'll be a neat doubleheader uh, for those of us that want to stay up and watch the second game. Uh, time to make our picks, AJ. Who do you have?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to go heavy on both Tampa and and toronto uh paul as you mentioned stay locked the the expected goalie uh, unless they decide to have dubnik go uh in back-to-backs which would be a little surprising but certainly could happen Uh, check the rotowire starting goalie grid to to see what shakes out there uh but for me steven stamkos 8600 it's a lot to pay but he's producing at a level that really outpaces everybody else on there. So I think, uh, you have to take him, especially if you're going to play in a 50 50, uh, if he goes off in a 50 50 and you're one of the few people that doesn't have him, your money's going to somebody else. Uh, and then I'll do Nazem Kadri for 5,800. Uh, I, I like what he's been able to do. I do think he needs to, you know, kick it into gear a little bit. Uh, but I think there's solid options there and it's a great night in my opinion, uh, for some Toronto guys to produce. On the wing, I'll go back to Toronto and Willie Nylander and James Van Ream Dyke. Nylander coming in at 64, JVR at 6300. Uh, down there, you can still get Vladislav Nemestikov for just 5600. I think that's a, a discounted rate for for what he's capable of producing. And then Pavel Bouv, uh, Bouvnevich. For 4500 is my last winger for the Rangers. He's uh, you know one of the few guys I'll use in that contest tonight. Uh, on defense, I saved up some money, went a little bit cheaper here, but still found uh, first-pairing guys in Charlie McAvoy for Boston, 4200 And then Anton Strawman, 3700 for Tampa Bay. Uh, like I said, both guys projected to be uh, first-pairing, uh, both uh, relatively discounted. And I needed to save that money because I'm paying up the big, big bucks for Andre Vasilevsky tonight, $9,400. That's 500 more than Martin Jones, the next closest. Uh, and so I put all my money into him, and Steven Samkos had to find savings somewhere, went defensively. Paul, how did you shake up your lineup tonight? Well,
1: I want to first say that I think you picked Vasilevsky just because you like saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went, you know what, uh, I have to caution our listeners. Uh, why is Paul not taking too many lead players? Well, the fact of the matter is, I would have taken some, but AJ took all the ones that I was interested in, and we really don't <laughs> want to duplicate names in this segment. So I had to go a different route, and I'll start off with Braden Point. This guy's done nothing but chip in offense and since he got the job in, in uh, Tampa and has won the second-line scoring center role. $5,600 all it cost me. I think that's a dis- discount given the role that he has there. And on the other side of that uh, game, I'll look at Logan Couture, uh, perhaps the best offensive threat uh, among the pivots in San Jose, and I like him to have a chance to light it up offensively, particularly on the special teams there where he'd get a lot of ice time. On the on the forward ranks, I liked Willie Nylander. I couldn't stay away from all the Leafs, so I had to pick him uh, in concert with you there, AJ. $6,400 for the Leafs sharpshooter who's been in a bit of a slump. I think he gets off the schneid tonight and finally finds the back of the net in a big way. Rick Nash, the guy who's been getting uh, positive reviews out of the Rangers most recently, I'll buy into them for $6,200. And I also like J.T. Miller, who seems to be a guy that finds his way into the stat sheet more often than not, for $5,500 as well, against a banged-up Bruins uh, center rank, I'll say, that opens up things for the Rangers tonight, I think. Thomas Hurdle, a guy that's underrated in, ta- in San Jose, comes in at $4,800. Another guy that also factors into top six minutes there for the San Jose offense, I really like. Him and uh, I can't shy away from a guy who I've been high on all year long. I think he's going to be, in fact, the Norris Trophy winner this year when it all shakes out, and that's Victor Hedman of Tampa. I get him for only $6,400. He's been a stalwart on their blue line, and I expect nothing more, nothing less than that again tonight. And I'll pair him with Morgan Riley, another guy who's on the uptick for the Maple Leafs and a guy who I've been high on from the get-go, undervalued at $4,800, I'll say. In goal behind all that, I can't stay away from the Leaf game here. Frederick Anderson, I think... uh, really builds on what he did late in that uh, last game against Vegas and should win tonight. Price tag, $8,100. I look at the win probability there. He faces the only other backup on the on the grid tonight, so that's another case in his favor. What does the optimizer have in store for us tonight, AJ?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to give a, a slightly different look to, to the optimizer. If you go on there, just run the, the normal optimizer uh, without making any changes. What you'll see is Henrik Lundqvist in goal. Uh, for 8,500, but they'll also have Frank Vetrano for 3,000. Now, I don't think it's a terrible decision, but just to give what I would do with it, uh, once I ran the Optimizer, saw that Hon- Henrik Lundqvist was a projected starter, I would exclude all of the Boston guys from the Optimizer, uh, which is quick and easy to do. When you do that, it makes a few different changes. So, it starts off Austin Matthews, 8,200 for Toronto, and then Eric Stahl for Minnesota at 6,500, goes JVR for again for Toronto 6,300. Then Jason Zucker for Minnesota 4,700. That's not a terrible decision there. Although, uh, you know, he, uh, could, uh, you know, struggle, uh, against the, the net minding in, in my opinion, in Toronto, uh, Mitch Martner for 4,700. Again, a guy who struggled a little bit could turn it on optimizer sticking with Chris Stewart for 3,500. So definitely, uh, liking the scoring potential for that Minnesota-Toronto matchup. Defensively, Optimizer pays up big for Brent Burns at 7,400. And then Ryan Sutter going back to Minnesota for 4,200. And as I said, it uses Henrik Lundqvist in goal for 8,500. And we
1: remind our listeners, don't forget to check out our daily podcast from Monday to Friday and the DFS side of things, where we continue to cover all four major North American sports all year round. And we highlight FanDuel's best plays of the day. It's time for our stud of the week. And AJ, I look no further than Mark Scheifele. I spoke at the end of our 31 teams and 31 outlooks. The Jets captain said publicly at the beginning of the season that he wanted to challenge McDavid and Crosby as the league's top center. And after five goals and two assists, he's ahead of both of them in the NHL scoring race. Now, I want to also also say it's refreshing that he went public with his goal for the season and he's got a leg up in his effort to back up the talk a little confidence is a good thing and backing it up with that hot take is even more impressive and it gives people like you and me something to talk about i hate like heck when people are asked at the beginning of the season what do you expect for yourself and they say well i hope the team does well and, and you know i hope that i do okay but they don't put a number to what their expectations are i think it's pretty neat of this guy to put his money where his mouth is and right now he's backing it up in fine style
0: yeah, I definitely think he's got a ton of talent. It certainly doesn't hurt uh, that the team around him is is really starting to get significantly better. You know, he's got Wheeler, who actually leads him in points right now. Uh, line A on the team, Ehlers, Kyle Connor has been uh, producing. And so he's got uh, some definite contributors around him. I really love what Shifley has to offer, uh, because uh, especially in uh, fantasy, because the team and as a whole has struggled in the past. I think this has caused him to really fly under the radar and I don't think that's uh, the case any longer. I had a recent Twitter question from at the Chuck D who asked who my dark horse for the art Ross was. And I told him Mark Shifley is definitely my dark horse this year.
1: Well, a nice call there. Uh, and in terms of the rant of the week, I've got to highlight the Matt Duchesne power play AJ. I think this young man handled things poorly in Colorado To a certain extent. The NHL is set up in such a way that top draft picks wind up with non-playoff teams unless other teams acquire those high premium picks. Many of those top picks in history have gone on as centerpieces in the rebuilding of their teams and even won Stanley Cup's. Guys like Crosby and Lemieux, the names that come to mind uh, for you immediately in that regard, I'm sure. Matt Duchesne didn't want to play by these rules and basically stalled the abs, uh, rebuilt a little bit. Uh, and well, now that he moves to Ottawa, he's put extra pressure on himself as a result with all this drama. I hope he just plays the game when, he, when he's there. Pro athletes need to be reminded that they're paid well to play the games and they're paid well to go where they're asked or drafted to play pro sports careers are short the real world awaits and not many people can get their call to call their shots in the real world so that's a little message to maddie from me
0: well i actually don't hate uh the move here he clearly didn't want to be in the mile high city anymore so he asked for the trade but then he continued to show up at training camp and night, to night during the season i mean you look at the guy he's got 10 points uh in his 14 games uh with colorado uh, and so he clearly wasn't just, you know, slacking off. He didn't really talk about it in the media or make a public stink about it. Basically voiced his desire to move on, then continued to do his job as a professional. Uh, I think this was well handled on his part for not wanting to be there. And it's, in my opinion, it's not like his stance prevented the abs from getting good value for him. In fact, I, you know, maybe by asking for the trade, the team got a jump, uh, start on their rebuild rather than having to wait until later of the year or make the decision to trade him uh, later down the road. They got great value in this deal. Uh, and I, so I don't think it cost the team anything. Uh, I think he showed up and performed as a professional. And so I really don't uh, begrudge uh, this move for him
1: interesting point and counterpoint there I'll have to say I hope our listeners buy into that I'm curious to know if they give us any feedback which side they fall on that wraps up this week's podcast with Statsman and AJ folks remember to send your comments and questions on Twitter follow me Paul Bruno at Statsman22 you can follow AJ at Scholes 24 that's AJ scholz 24. we hope you enjoyed this show and circle back to get more roster updates injury news and other topical news from around the NHL on November 14 when we're back in our usual Tuesday time slot we ask you to look out for podcast hockey pod every week so you get all the latest news and our tips to stay out of the competition in your fantasy contest be they daily or season long so long everybody